Broadcast Network. Broadcasting live from Hobart Hall in Wayne, New Jersey. This is The Innovative. I think they're really unique. The Fearless. They have awesome variety. The Kick-Ass. I love Brave New Radio. The Sensational. I've never heard anything like it. This is the one and only Brave New Radio. Marconi wasn't on the radio. Didn't Marconi invent the radio in the first place? Yes. Yes, Dr. Esteban Marconi, we are here. Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio, 8WP 88.7. Aren't you excited to be here this week, Dr. Esteban? Yes, on this wonderful November day. It is a wonderful November day slash evening, actually straight evening. There's no day involved. All day. It was a beautiful day. Completed the day. Yes, we are now having a very clear night. There's a super moon this week. Uh, did you notice the big S on it? I actually, I thought it was a T for Trump. <laughs> no, huh? he, he purchased it actually. Anyway, a great panel last week. Yes, on a Monday night, career panel run by Mio. Yes, the music organization. organization. Yes, and that is a lead-in. A lead-in to our guest. Yes, uh, student co-host tonight is Fatima. How do I say? It? I want to say Diakite. Diakite. Yeah. I always say yeah. Diakate, but I'm always wrong. Diakite, yeah. which is Jamaican and no, it's Ivorian. My mom's Jamaican. My dad's Ivorian. Okay, so yeah. it comes from there. So from the Ivory Coast. Yes. Wow. There we go. I've, I never. We talked about this in class last week. I teach her in two classes this semester, mm -hmm. and I'd never heard the term Ivorian, which is from the Ivory Coast, which is the west coast of Africa. Yeah. Yes, it is. There we go. So uh, Fatima is here because our, our guest tonight is going to be Jake Ottman, who is a VP of A&R for Warner Chapel Music Publishing, mm -hmm. and Fatima is a songwriter here in our pop popular music studies program. Great. I thought it'd be great for her to get some exposure mm -hmm. to a fella who's all all in when it comes to right. songwriting and music publishing. So we had a great panel last week, and we want to thank all the guests that came. And the feedback from all the students has been extremely positive. And uh, we will continue to do this yearly, at least. Yeah, and it was besides having a panel which had guests from the Warner Music Group and Warner Music Artist Services and Tommy Boy Entertainment and... And bringing an artist in, too. The band great. Palisades and mm -hmm. who am I missing? And Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, who's been mm -hmm. on the show twice. Mm -hmm. We also had a networking opportunity as well that went around uh, that was about almost two hours of it was networking for mm -hmm. students. So that was, that was pretty cool. Why don't we get into all of our thanks before Jake Ottman, our guest, calls in? Okay. We should do that. We should... First, thank our producer, Nate the Hawk. Nathaniel Hawkins yes. is here. Nate the Hawk! Nate the Hawk is here tonight. Fly, baby. 
So we have Nate the Hawk here. And we should also mention last week's producer, Jess Frank. That was her last show, which we did not realize. She didn't even know it. None of us knew it. (laughs) None of us knew it. Nate has one more show after tonight. Ah. So at that point, we will have uh, the cake, and I will jump out of the cake. Well, thanks, of <laughs> yes. course, too. Fully clothed, because otherwise it would be inappropriate since you're a student. So you'll enjoy <laughs> that. But we want to give thanks to a few things. First, the Music Biz Association. You should save the date for May 15th through the 17th, 2017, when the Music Biz goes to the Music City in No, Music Biz goes to Music Biz in the Music City. That's us going to the Music Biz Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. And we're going to be there with a group of students. We brought 20 last year. We're going to interview industry pros, make connections. And it's all because the Music Biz Association lets us do it, gives us space. We recorded 26 interviews last year. We're going to do even more this year. No, we're not. We also want to give thanks. To Van Dyne, Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, the Dap Kings, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when it's time for you to go. And finally, Dr. Esteban Marcon. Yes. We want to give thanks to our good friend, Christine Vey, who is a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson and all around the world, especially on the Ivorian Coast, mm-hmm. to manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If somebody like you is looking for guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance and retirement planning, you've got to give Christine a call. Repeat after me. Fatima. Are you ready? Excited. Bring the mic, cl- mic close, or you move closer to the mic. Ready? Okay. That's better. There we go. 732. 732-455-1510. 1510. Nate the Hawk, I want you to repeat after me. Here's her email address. Christine. Christine. At. At. Veywealth. Veywealth.com. Dot com. Oy vey. That was amazing. <laughs> And we must say also... Thank you, Nate the Hawk. Once again, Nate the Hawk speaks. We must... We have another guest in the studio tonight. We are not letting him speak because he's not currently enrolled here in the school. No, but we have a Columbia Columbia Records Records employee. His name is Steve Richardson. Richards? He's the son of Richard. Uh, I have an Uncle Richard, so, uh, but Steve and Richards. he is starting the MBA program in uh, January. In January, our MBA in music management, and he already expressed interest in going with us to Nashville. Boy. When the music biz goes to music biz and then to music city. Save the date for May 15th through the 8th. Uh, okay, I did that. <laughs> Listeners, we're waiting for uh, our guest to call. Uh, musicbiz101wp.com that's where you should go to sign up for our weekly newsletter and you can follow us on the Instagram on the Twitter, on the face of the book at musicbiz101wp and you can listen to this podcast must be the signal right that's right you, you're, you're right now you're saying stretch is that yeah, what you're trying to stretch until he calls business. it of course I wanted to <laughs> Right, you, but business. nobody knows that because oh. yeah, because we're in the, we've been in radio we're for for years. We know exactly what we're right. doing. We don't need to speak when we communicate. We can just hug and right. embrace exactly. So the podcast is available on the best places: SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm-hmm. So you can listen. We've interviewed everybody from managers to publishing folks to artists to uh, people who work for pros, to somebody from Sound Exchange. And I heard also that next week's a special show. Next week is the live version of Music Biz 101 and More Live that you heard, that you didn't hear, that we recorded live last week. Nate the Hawk actually recorded this last week at that panel that we talked about. That's right. So it's a new show. Yes. Uh, And people who listen will 
have the opportunity to hear the, um, well, actually the networking and the uh, panel. Yes. From that day. Yes. And our last live show of the year, because there's going to be some basketball in between, our last live show of the year, December 14th, we're going to have Paul Resnikoff from Digital Music News. Mm, And uh, you can hear Nate the Hawk on the phone speaking with our guest. Oh, now we hit mute, so we can't hear the conversation. But uh, Paul Resnikoff, Digital Music News, December 14th. That is going to be a year in review, music business here. That is going to be an excellent show. Great, great timing. Yes, excellent time. And then 2017 is going to be an awesome year. We're going to have a whole lot of new shows. Uh, the quality of our guests has risen incrementally with the quality of the show. Because the uh, moderation of the show. The, the moderation, the alliteration, the iteration, and, right. uh, you know, the radio station, anything with a shun in it. Um, now we're getting into the very Amish much shun us. College radio. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. So Nate the Hawk, ever the producers, make sure things sound well. So uh, we want to thank in advance everybody who tweeted. You can tweet us right now at MusicBiz101WP if you have a question for Jake Ottman. As he's coming on, let's we'll give a quick bio of Jake. Jake right now is the VP of A&R for Warner Music Publishing, and he's been in the business for about three weeks. And uh, yes. he's, he's going to be really good. Jake, are you on the line with us? Already, these things need to be pushed up. There we go. Jake? Hello. There Jake you go. Right. We got him. Jake Ottman, how are you? Dave Phil from Music Biz 101 and more. Brave New Radio 88.7. How are you today, Jake? Big Dave. What's up? Hi, Steve. How you guys doing? We're Good. Doing well, we're doing well. Jake is cool because he signs his emails Jake O. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's you gotta cool. have a, you know, you got to have a handle, man. That's you right. Have a handle. Right. Do you know Steve Robertson from Atlantic Records in Nashville? Steve O, you mean? Yeah. Yes, I know Steve O very well. Because Steve, yes, because he's another. I saw you sign at Jake O today, and I thought immediately of Steve <laughs> O. So there we go. And both. We owes. We owes. We have to stick together, bro. You, you do. And yeah, and bro rhymes with O. And it's important that uh, while we bring you up and Steve Robertson up, both of you guys are connected to us through our good buddy Paul Sinclair from Atlantic Records. Um, it's because of Paul that we, that we met you at the Warner Music Group uh, about a month and a half ago. And we saw you speak to, we took about 25 students in and you spoke to everybody and it was awesome. And we said at that moment, I leaned over to Stephen Marconi. I nuzzled his, his cheek a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and after about five minutes of that, I decided to speak about you. And I said, uh, we, we have to get this guy on the radio. And he said, what? And I said, we I have to. I got a face for radio. Yeah, I've that's always it. said that. Yes. That's why we're on the radio. So we, we said. Yes. Yeah, so here we are. So Steve Marconi is going to start with well, the third degree. Well, you were going to give his bio to the, uh, or do I, you want not what, to? I would rather, I've been talking okay. for 10 minutes, so I think it'd be great for him to give us the bio. Or you right. ask him to give the bio. I think you take over. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, Jake, you certainly didn't just um, fall off the truck and become head of uh, A&R for Warner Chapel Music. Uh, why don't you just uh, give us a little bit, or give the listeners a little bit of your path to Warner? Uh, my path to Warner Chapel. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm I'm, I'm senior vice president. Um, I'm not I'm not the head of, but thank you. I I work for a gentleman, the chairman of the company is a gentleman by the name of John Platt, mm-hmm. also known PKA as Big John, um, a, <laughs> a luminary in our business. Uh, on Jay-Z and Beyonce and some incredible and many 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 super amazing artists uh 
John is uh, my my mentor, and I love him, and uh, he's a great dude. But um, I also work for uh, Ryan Press and Katie Vinton, who are my uh, direct mm-hmm. bosses. But yeah, I'm senior vice president, head of A&R in the New York office. Uh, I've been in the business for a long time, um, <laughs> really long time, actually. Uh, but I started uh, I started off in the mailroom at Electra Records, answering. Uh, a lot of uh, phone calls and, and doing a lot of mailings to, <clears throat> at the time, what were record stores and to radio stations. Um, I started in urban music, uh, which, believe it or not, back in the 19, early 1990s was known as Black Music Department. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I have a lot of relationships uh, in the urban and uh, retail radio and in our community as well. But I, I started off in the radio promotion business. I eventually went on to become, a, for Electra, uh, a radio promotion guy, uh, an alternative radio promotion guy, and I worked with some fellow New Jersey folks named uh, Matt Pinfield and some uh, great radio stations, um, WHTG at the time, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's long gone by now. But uh, And then from there, you know, I, uh, I found a cassette. Um, of a band that I loved, a demo, I guess it was. I'm not sure it was a cassette, but I think it was a seven-inch vinyl piece of single. Um, a band called uh, a band called Super Drag, and uh, I I quit everything and I and I began and I started a record label and a management company. And uh, sorry, my phone's ringing. Um, and I uh, I put out a, a a band called Super Drag, and we had a really big kind of hit song called Who Sucked Out the Feeling, which um, was a real big summer hit back in, in 1996 or something like that. Uh, along that time, I, on my little label, I put out a guy, a first recording of an artist known as Beck, <laughs> um, and a record that's out of print but available on things like, uh, you know, um, eBay, a song called A Western Harvest by Moonlight, which is a really cool, cool, early, early Beck um and then you know from there i just uh became a manager had some cool stuff go on uh and then i i got back into a and r uh when um um i ended up sort of unintentionally meeting a guy named uh, the the executive pa uh for for marty bandier who is a super amazing luminary um in the music publishing business and, uh, you know, a really, uh, an awesome iconic lion of a, of a guy. Uh, and he, uh, still runs Sony ATV to this day, but I ended up working for, Sony, uh, for his company at the time, which was EMI music publishing. And from there I signed my first band ever was a band called Coheed and Cambria, mm-hmm. which is, uh, an amazing band still around today. Very cultish band. Um, I signed it, some some great stuff. I signed uh, the Frey very early in their career before they had their hits, and Frey went on to have multi multi hits. Um, got into the emo thing, and I signed a band called Boys Like Girls, and they had about five hit songs, including one with Taylor Swift. Um, mm. I uh, Metro Station was a big hit called song called Shake It. Um, Three Hundred Three, uh, which had a don't trust me. Uh, don't trust her. I think it was. Don't trust me. I forget the song. Three oh three, bunch of hits they had, and you know, uh, 
Uh, El King I signed there. Uh, one of the later things I signed, I signed some country stuff. A guy named uh, Josh Hogue, who does all the Chris Young hits. Um, and anyway, uh, Sony merged, Sony ATV merged with uh, EMI Music Publishing and Big John, John Platt, my current boss, uh, moved over to Warner uh, Warner Chapel and, and, and asked me if I'd join him, which I was super stoked t- to do. So, And since I've been at Chapel, I signed uh, a girl named Melanie Martinez to her first deal ever. Um, and uh, she's turned into a, quite a cultish uh, superstar at this point. Um, and a band called Kaleo, who's a big, uh, having a really great big song right now called Way Down We Go. And uh, a couple other really cool developing acts as well. Some, some producers, uh, one of my producers called Noise Club, who, who wrote the song, co-wrote the song, I should say, um, Starving by Haley Steinfeld, which is a big hit right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's been pretty diverse the wheels turn and you know always looking for great talent bands and, and songwriters so uh i think for the listeners too as the uh, vp of a and r for a publishing company do you yeah. and everybody sort of knows the idea of signing an act as a performance act that's gonna try to make it big but do you look yeah. for different things when you're looking for someone to sign for publishing yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think when you're, as a publishing A&R person, you know, we, we get to focus primarily on one thing. Um, not primarily, ultimately, you know, completely, if you will, on one thing, and that is the song, songwriter. So sometimes those songwriters uh, come in the shape of professional guys who really never leave the studio, um, of which I have three or four writers right now. My friend Lars, who wrote the song, New Americana for for uh, co-wrote it with um, Halsey. You know, mm-hmm. Lars is a is a guy, mm-hmm. young guy, he's twenty three, four, something like that. But he he's a, he's a guy who just he sits at home and he he records. You know, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's an amazing engineer. He's an amazing um, programmer. He's a, you know he, he was in bands as well, but just decided he really liked writing songs better. So um, you know, so we get to look at the song, the songwriter. And, uh, you know, sometimes those come in the shape of a band, like, you know, Isaac Slade from The Fray, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I heard those demos and I just fell in love with those demos and it happened, they weren't being, you know, written by a guy in the studio. They were being written by a guy who was driving a van across the country mm-hmm. with his band and his mates. And mm-hmm. So, you know, it's great. We get to, as a, as a publishing A&R person, you really get to focus on the song and that's... um it's pretty liberating in, as far as, you know, what you're, as, a, as an executive, you know, looking for talent, right? Right. So, uh, I guess, in other words, what we're saying is that not necessarily these guys have to be performers. Some of them can be introverts. Some of them can be extroverts. Uh, some of them can already be established. They may have had a semi-hit. And mm-hmm. somehow they get to you or you get to them. Is the process run both ways, that you're looking yeah. and or people are coming to you, and so on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. We I, I don't ask for a headshot. You know, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need a headshot. I don't need a. Uh, I don't need to see. You know, it's right. funny. Uh, 
I don't have to go see you live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that. I don't care if they're good or if they can't play their instruments. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. oh, the song's a hit, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, we really, uh, you know, songs, songwriters and artists, too, for that matter, they all, you know, it's funny. Um, it, it, I have to say, it really, rarely do you see, like, you know, the perfect, bodied person in the, you know, yeah. beautiful white teeth smile, you know, I, I don't find that, uh, it, that's not, it, that is not a, a guarantee, um, for, 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 you know, for hits in, in my humble opinion. You know, um, mm-hmm. in fact, I, you know, so I, I've, I've never based, um, I've never had, I've never had to, to base it on superficial stuff, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I remember L King, you know, it was not a conventional rock, you know, female rock star she was she had a you know she was super sassy mm-hmm, and really mm-hmm. funny and kind of irreverent and uh had this you know really really swaggy at- attitude and tattoos all over and you know and mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with her you know um I, I i personally felt she was a rock star you know but um i also you know to be honest with you her her manager a guy named alan bezozzi had sent me her demos so, you know, I didn't even see what she looked like. You know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, these songs are amazing. So um, I guess as a publisher, you know, how I do find it is I, I talk to a lot of people um, on a daily basis like yourselves, you know, you guys as well. Um, I listen. I'm always listening. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty I don't I don't I'm not too uh, I don't, I'm not too um, I'm not too uh, precious about where well, my source, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a, you know, to be honest with you, there's a dad ringing through um, uh, on the other line. That's who's calling me. And it's a dad of a friend whose friend has a daughter and, you know, which yeah. is sort of a cliche, but right. you know, I, I, I clicked, I clicked the link and the song was her writing is phenomenal. And I'm super smitten with this, this, the songs that this young person has. And it, you know, it, right. again, it didn't come from right. Uh, a, a professional source. So. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Well, we all talk about passion and, and so on. So obviously you have to be passionate about the um, person you're interested in or the song to take this chance. Can you remember the 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 first song that you actually bet the ranch on that uh, if it didn't become a hit, you probably wouldn't be at uh, A&R and publishing today? And obviously it it was and you are but that <laughs> the feeling of that first time you did that you know you stuck your neck all the way out yeah um so if i'm correct you're asking me what the first song i really uh i i had to have kind of thing yeah. um, I, I i can i can remember two songs actually um one wasn't a hit um one wasn't a hit and the band ended up getting signed to interscope records but um it was a band called uh, Lifter from L.A., mm-hmm. and it was uh, a song called 402 that I fell madly head over heels in love with. Um, as it would happen, um, I think, you know, anybody who's starting out in this business, um, you know, you have to be prepared to uh, to know when to throw in the towel and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. And maybe I maybe I, I did. Um, I uh, But that was, that was the first, you know, that song basically had me quit my job, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was young and I didn't really, I had college checks to write to student aid and stuff, but you know, I didn't have a lot of responsibility, right, right. but the song, you know, one of my most 
cherished moments, um, really, in this business, uh, one of them um, would be when I first heard uh, The Fray. Mm-hmm. I heard that song. I was literally creeping through the internet. This is a long time ago, 19, 2000, sorry, 2006, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I heard, um, I clicked on to KCBO or, uh, KT, sorry, KTCL, which is uh, Denver, the Edge in Denver, I think it was. The mm-hmm. KTCL is still, it's still alternative station in Denver. And there was a song um, really high in the chart called uh, called Vienna, I think it was. Um, anyway, so that got me to um, to the fray, and I actually picked up the phone and I cold called them. Weirdly enough, I knew the the, the lawyer. Um, she actually had quit her job at Electra Records, where <laughs> I was working as a intern. Sorry, as a mailroom guy, and eventually a radio guy. But I knew her vaguely, and uh, and I remember her name. And so she sent me some other songs. And one of the songs uh, was a brand new song they had just just recorded. And again, these guys were from Denver; they weren't famous yet by any means. Um, mm-hmm. But they were actually doing well on the radio station. But and that song was called "Cable Car." Mm-hmm. Um, and the first second I heard it. I, which it, it ended up becoming uh, called uh, Over My Head, uh, and then parent, parenthetically Cable Car. But uh, Cable Car was the, the first real demo that I heard from them, and I, you know, I lost my mind. Um, I was a new A&R person. I was a low man on the totem pole. Uh, everything in the music business was bands like Thursday and Taking Back Sunday mm. and all this screamo mm, stuff. Yeah. Um all the real screamo rock stuff. And <laughs> and here I was, this new guy trying to make his bones. And I walk in for the band, a piano band. And I'm like, <laughs> what a piano band. And I was like, I have to sign this. And Marty Bandier's a rather, cut to, rather uh, formidable. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I walked in there and, you yeah. know, and all the other A&R you know, guys are like, dude, this is yeah. terrible. Why would you, like, they're not in, they're not even. And I just said, I have to sign this band. I, and then uh, I remember I was in the car with my wife and uh, I played the demo um, in my car and I remember her, she said to me, you know, and they were like, no, 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 you can't sign it. You can't sign it. As most, when you're an A&R person, usually happens. The, uh, you know, because yeah. people want to know how serious you are. I would imagine that's the same way if you're a venture capitalist or investor, you know, no, you can't invest yeah. that. And uh, and and my wife said to me, you know, you'd really be crushed if that band blew up. And this is, you know, a month and a two months of me wringing my hands, trying desperately to get this band signed, you know. Right. And uh, in the midst of all these screamo New Jersey-based, you know, <laughs> the emo capital of the world, man. Right. Like, <laughs> anyway, was, uh, so I walked into their office and I said, if you don't let me sign this band, I'm going to quit. Um Ooh. And I remember Marty looked at me, and my, and my boss at the time was a guy named Evan Lamberg, who also oh, is yeah, still in business, that. and he's a wonderful man. Yeah. He works for Universal Publishing. Um, he's amazing. Uh, taught me everything I know, really, in the business. Um, and uh, he goes, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I did it. You know, I, it's a metaphorical standing on the, uh, on the desk. And, mm-hmm. you know, that song ended up, uh, I'll never forget it. I heard it on Z100. Um, Driving over uh, and driving on the BQE in Brooklyn, coming home one day, um, and I heard her on Z100, and you know, I, and I 
say once I heard on Z100, I knew I knew I knew it was a hit band. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so. All right. So that was your that passion. A long story. Am I taking too long? No, that was, long your, that was We we always want to get across the passion that you have to have in this business to make it, and you you were passionate enough to that to say to Marty through his cigar and whatever that I'm quitting. <laughs> You know, if uh, if we don't sign this band, and I think that takes guts as a young, you know, a young person, just to believe in it. Because what do you know? The band could break up tomorrow. And yeah, the, you know, exactly. that's the rock and roll business. Hey, Jake, can I ask a question? It has to do actually with Marty Bandair and the cigars, because when we met with you, <laughs> you told the story of, and you, you alluded to it briefly about how you got your first meeting through networking with this person formerly of Electra, who got you the meeting with him. Could you just briefly oh, the, uh, yeah, woman. yeah, briefly say who just kind of brief the world on who he is because I don't think everybody, he's not a household name like um, right. uh, who's what's his name from uh, L.A. Reid, for example. He's the L.A. he's the Clive Davis of publishing basically, mm -hmm. but um, explain what you did in researching that interview that you had with him and what you handed him and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Well, Marty, um, Marty's, uh, Marty looks like Paul. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, I'm not going to remember the actor from who's big Polly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big Polly and good, good fellas. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's very well dressed. Paul Servino. Paul Servino yeah. Paul Servino, right. Yeah. Um, he does yeah. look a little bit like him. That's right. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He looks like uh, he looks like a Don. He is a Don. Um, he's a G for sure. Um, and you know, let let me just say this right now. You know, um, my boss John Platt, who I'm currently, you know, is one of my real mentors. You know, he's a he's a disciple of Marty as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I happen to be a part of this legacy, as is Evan Lambert. Um, and you know, Jody Jody um, Jody Gerson at Universal was a chairman there, and mm -hmm. John's the chairman of. Of, uh, of, it's, of of chapel and it's it's really incredible. Uh, so he has this legacy, and you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm really grateful that I am a part of that. I'm a, I'm a branch. I'm a branch on the legacy, right? But uh, Marty, yeah. So he looks like Don. You know, he looks like he looks like Big Polly. You know, mm -hmm. man, he got a cigar in his hand, and we'd all sit in our offices, and uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 he'd come in, and he's an early, and you know, and 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 you'd you'd be sitting in your desk. And you'd hear, and you'd and you'd smell the cigar smoke coming down the hallway, very very faint, because he doesn't like, he doesn't like, wouldn't, I don't know if he still does, but he wouldn't like, you know, suck down cigars. He would just sort of light one and just sort of, you know, smoke mm -hmm. a little of it. And anyway, um, so you'd smell it, and you'd know, oh, Marty's here, you know. And then he used to like to sit out in front. Um, this is when I worked for him. He'd sit out in front of his office and just watch us just kind of, you know, run around, scurry around, being A and R guys and talking to each other. He loved that, and he'd call your name out, hey, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, what are you doing? Come play me a record, you know. And he's a music guy. He's, you know, mm -hmm. all these guys, John Platt, my body, he's a music guy. These are, these are like real music people, music first. Right. Marty's a, obviously a very capable businessman, too, but he's a music guy first. So, But anyway, yeah, so um, I got a job interview with Marty Bandier. As I told you, I was in a club on Bleecker Street, you know, in the middle of the night trying to uh, – get a band uh, a meeting and yada yada and uh, with a woman named Janice Brock who uh, I owe everything to um, who was Marty's PA and Janice uh, so she says meet you know meet come by the office tomorrow at 9 o'clock 
you know, and look sharp, kid, you know, look sharp. So, uh, and then I'm going to introduce you to Marty Bandier. And I had no, as I said, I had no idea who Marty Bandier was. But she was English, and she had this lovely English accent. And uh, I'm like, well, I, I, I'm going to, I don't know who the heck this guy is, but I'm going to go meet him because she says she, you know. So, of course, I, I jumped um, and I jumped on the Internet. And I start doing my research, you know, just as I did for, you know, William Patterson, you know, um, mm-hmm. today, you know, trying to figure out who is William Patterson anyway. Oh, he was a patriot. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was, man, who knows? You guys going to ask me, man? I don't want to get, I don't, don't want to get stumped. Let me make sure I know my stuff here, fellas, you know? So, uh, so I, uh, I'm Googling and I'm like, oh my God, this, you know, he owns this company. He's put together this EMI music publishing is this tremendous, uh, publishing company owns a three million uh copyrights of songs including um barry gordy's uh you know all the all the motown stuff and and he and he pictures with him and you know everybody from kurt cobain to uh like the barry gordy and jersey boys yeah jersey exactly jersey boys and he's just uh i'm like oh my god this is this this guy this guy's a, he's a legend, he's a, a legend, you know, and of course I didn't know him, but, um, so I really tried to, um, figure it out. And one of the things I had figured out was Marty, um, I noticed he always had cigars in his, he, it was sort of a, it's a gimmick of his, you know, I think, I don't know, uh, he clearly loves a cigar, but he liked to flash a cigar. So one, I, one of the things I think you're talking about, the story was, is, uh, as, uh, I had this meeting with him and, uh, I have a friend of mine, still a friend of mine, George Weezer, and who who uh, knows a thing or two about cigars. So I said, George, uh, you know, you have to give me the best cigar you have, the absolute best cigar you have, because I'm going to meet this guy. So I forget what the kind of cigar it was. <laughs> he gave me this really beautiful cigar, and uh, and I and so I had all this research on Marty, and I had a cigar in my hand, and. Uh, <laughs> And I was ready to go. And I put a suit on and tie, and I shaved and I shined my shoes. And you know, man, I, I was feeling like a 150 bucks, man. And I <laughs> and I walked in, and as I'm walking into Mr. Bandier's very large office, I see this woman Janice giving me the, you know, trying to giving me a hand signal, something along the lines of like, you know, don't go in there, or you know, mm-hmm. bad news, or she's she's she's, she's signaling SOS, all right? You know, right. like. And uh, and I'm like, what is she saying to me? And get in here, Mr. Altman. What are you doing there? Are you gonna come see me or not? And I was like, oh uh, yeah, of course, Mr. Bandier. So I walk <laughs> in, and I'm as I walk through the threshold of his door, I realize he doesn't know why I'm here or what I'm doing. And clearly, Janice didn't have time to update him that she was <laughs> introducing him to me. So uh, as I had found out later, so I walked in, ready to go, and he and I could tell immediately he he had this look on his face like. Hell, are you doing here at nine o'clock in the morning? And why, you know, why are you wasting my time? And uh, so I walked in cold to this luminary dude, intimidating as hell. And uh, and I will tell you this: I got the job. So uh, there you go. <laughs> All right, that's great. Well, the key is just the fact that you did your research before you went in to meet with this guy. You know? Yes, I did. It's, yes, it's, I did. It's a great takeaway. It's a great, great. Uh, Marty, Marty signed a ten-year letter for me. When I was at Syracuse. Oh, really? Yeah. That's fun. Well, he's on the board of trustees. Mm-hmm. And well, they named uh, the school, the music business school after no, him, the, right? Yeah. Not the school, the, the program. Oh, the program. The Bandier okay. program, yeah. All right. It's 
not that not uh, as good as a school. Anyway, we're kibitzing here, but I I was across that threshold too. <laughs> but at that <laughs> time, Parker, it was I mean... uh, it w- was with um, Lefrac. He had that company, the entertainment company, I think it was called, with his yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. his former father-in-law and so on and so forth. But anyway, let's get back hey, to the publishing. Yeah, and Koppelman and so on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, can we ask you some, so, um, some actually some uh, business questions about publishing deals, things like that? We'd love to ask you. Okay, all right. First quick question, um, administration deals. What kind, Can you kind of explain um, the traditional publishing deal versus the co-publishing slash administration deal, and what kind of songwriters get the admin deals versus the is there still a traditional 50-50 publishing side uh, writer side split in the deals that you see yeah uh, that's a great question Um, I think what you're talking about really is you know traditional publishing deals uh, are co-publishing that's called a co-publishing deal so you know anybody who writes a song and has a song registered anywhere if you know if you're writing a song you're a a publisher if you have songs on soundcloud and that's it so there's millions of people millions of people just i wrote a song because i have garage band and i put it on soundcloud you know um, you officially become a music publisher you know you're publishing your songs right so everybody's a publisher um who you know has anything recorded and released in any sort of situation so um what we do as a publisher is we hope to ideally you want to do a co-pub deal a co-publishing deal which means my publishing company which currently is warner chapel um will acquire the rights to your publishing company which is john brown publishing or whatever um and together we will administer the rights the the rights to these copyrights to these songs the difference between um uh, a publishing rights, for instance, and say, uh, you know, um, Atlantic Records rights. Atlantic Records, these are all antiquated terms now because there's no such thing as master recordings hardly anymore. Everything is digital, right? Everything is mm-hmm. sort of non-tactile, digital. Um, but, you know, the the uh, the, uh, the or- origin of these things, for instance, publishing comes from when actually people wrote their music on, on on staff paper and they you know went to uh, the corner store and they put it on the rack and if you wanted to hear uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy which was a hit I think in 1900 or 1905 or whatever it was and you wanted that song there was no radio there was no recorded music there was no Marconi or anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and Phillips or whatever you had to go down to the corner store you would purchase that staff paper published on a piece of paper you would bring it home and grandma would bang it out on the piano and you'd all sing around and sing yankee doodle dandy um and i hope i'm getting those dates right by the way mm-hmm. uh i believe john uh cohan george cohan wrote that song but um mm-hmm. at any rate so that's the origin of music publishing because it's like a book you know book publishing publishing paper so um, eventually, obviously, the staff paper went away, and songs began to be recorded. Um, now, the Atlantic Records or the Warner Brothers record, the label side, they own the actual master recording of it, the actual physical recording. Um, 
zip drive now or, you know, it used to mm-hmm. be tapes, right? Two Studer tape deck. Um, that's the master recording sign that the label side owns, the physical thing. And, of course, the Warner Chapel, my publishing side, we own the copyright, you know. Um, so if you're writing a song, we're going to take that copyright and we're going to administer it with you um, in a co-publishing arrangement. And it usually comes out to a 75-25 split. The mm-hmm. you songwriter John Brown would own 75. I, Warner Chapel, music public music, um, would own 25%. And uh, That's on the publishing side, though, right? That's on the mechanical side. And then how you split that up, um, you split it up into several, there's several fingers, if you will, of, of revenue generally associated, um, there's many, but generally associated with publishing, music publishing, um, there's performance, which means anything that's performed on a radio or, you know, at the mall, at, the, at Target, it's performing in a public space, you know, that's a performance money, um, anything that's, it's, you know, bars and, and, and live bands playing it in bars, um, that's called public performance, radio, all that stuff, so you get that, um, you get, uh, synchronization which is usually movies tvs a license of the physical uh, uh, sorry of the copyright of a song to be used in say a movie or Grey's anatomy or whatever that's synchronization um uh their songs are covered often um you know uh and there's there's a whole bunch of different ways uh there's several different income levels but we split at 75 25 usually except public performance in today's modern publishing co-publishing deal the public performance would be split 50 50 okay because that's a big part of where the revenue comes in all right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. now um let's see yeah so um now that's one way a co-pub deal now a co-pub deal generally means that i'm gonna as me warner chapel is gonna buy a bigger piece of your copyright so therefore, I'm going to give you an advance for that. Um, in advance, I'm going to say, well, I feel like this song is going to be, it's going to earn, you know, I'm grabbing numbers, $100. So I'm going to give you $100 for an advance on this song. And we are going to split that 75 to you, 25 to me. Um, and and uh, before I pay you my, uh, your, your 75, I have to recoup back my advance, my $100, and then I will pay you back, okay? Um, now, the other way of doing it is it's strictly an admin deal, okay? So you say, well, listen, I don't want to do a co-publishing deal right now. Um, I don't need to. I, uh, I I don't need the money. Um, you know, I you know, because why would you do a publishing deal? Well, I want some money. You know, I want to. I want to. I need some advance money so I can record some more songs. Um, it used to be a very common. You know. Um, Metro Station, Boys Like Girls, bands, you know, we need the publishing so we can buy a van so we can go out and play shows and be rock stars, you know, and do all this stuff so we don't have to, you know, work at Starbucks or wherever. Um, so maybe you're already got a song out there and uh, it's doing well and you haven't done a publishing deal and uh, you don't necessarily need the money. So maybe you might say, well, I still want my money. My, I still want to be in business with a, a big publisher to collect my money. But I really don't need 
the money in advance. So let's do a publishing deal. Let's do an admin deal, excuse me. Generally, that will be um, what we call skinnier splits. So instead of it being 75-25, you know, public ad- admin deals can be everything from 85-15, 90-10. And if you're talking about cobalt, they're even doing like, you know, you know, 95-5. Mm-hmm. You know, my five, you're 95. Mm-hmm. And of course, if, um, if you're going into business with a bigger publisher like me, well, clearly, I'm not going to give you as much the hundred dollars if I'm only going to be collecting five percent back, so five dollars back. So, mm-hmm. so we're, we'll adjust that advance accordingly. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we you, have- you want to have a publishing deal because you know, let's face it. This is a it, particularly if you're thinking internationally, because you know every you know there's a lot of countries out there. Every country in Europe, for instance, has different. There's different ways that country, you know, there's different licensing arrangements, different TVs. So when you're, you know, one of the things about being a publisher, uh, you know, for instance, if you're a small publisher, you know, it's really hard to get paid. It's really hard to collect all this money. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to do it, yeah. particularly internationally. So that's one of the big reasons why you really want to have a publishing partner that you can count on, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, that's great. That's actually real helpful. We have a, I don't think we introduced her to you. We have a student co-host with us tonight. Her name is uh, Fa- Fatima. Hi, <laughs> yes, and Fatima, this is Jake. Jake, this is Fatima. And Fatima? Fatima, yes. yes. Hi, Fatima. Hi, how are you? I'm well. And she's going to ask her, you a question, then she's going to read a tweet question to you as well. Okay. Um, my, awesome. I'm having a ball. <laughs> my, my first question is, basically, when you're looking for songwriters, would you prefer... Would you prefer a songwriter that is, you know, pretty good in all genres of music or a songwriter who is, like, very good in, like, a specific genre? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good question. And I personally, um, you know, I, it's weird. I, um, if you ask John Platt or Katie or Ryan or who I work for or Marty or whomever, they oh, Jake's a rock guy. You're a rock guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I only rock band I've ever really signed in my life. You know, I guess you call the fray rock. Um, I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I'm pretty much a. I try to be very genre agnostic, okay. as I like to say. Um, <clears throat> so I try to be very genre less, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been that way. Um, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't. I don't want to. I've never. I don't sign a lot of rap artists. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the ones I do are generally kind of alternative at best but i mean if you look at some of the records right now some of the some of the you know radio stations and stuff it's, it's very hard to um to you know there they, a lot of alternative radio plays you know the weekend they play right. all kinds of you know they they'll play a kendrick lamar record sometimes you know just a lot of crossover so me personally um rather than really be genre um specific when it comes to uh, who I want to sign, I really want to hear somebody who can sing the heck out of the lyrics that they're writing. You know what mm. I mean? That's mm. really important to me. Um, and again, sometimes that means that person's in a van playing a show, you know, uh, at uh, in, in, in New Brunswick, you know, on Saturday night, or sometimes it's just somebody who, you know, is in their bedroom rocking out, you know, doing stuff into Garage Band or Logic or whatever. So, I just really want to hear somebody who can really sing the heck out of um, 
the lyrics that they're writing. That, that's, that's what really matters to me, is if that answers your question or not. No, yeah, yeah. definitely. Thank you so much. And um, another question um, from Zach Matari. He's asking, how, how often do you use websites like Taxi to find new music? And do you recommend it to new artists? Yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. Taxi is um, uh, not one of my top top ones, personally. Okay. Um, and another thing that I, I've always said, I'm not a research guy. Um, okay. I'm really not. Um, uh, I'm kind of a, I'm sort of an analog guy, for all those who know what the difference between analog and digital are. Mm-hmm. Um I really like to, um, I don't know, I have a certain kind of old school thing. Like, I listen to SoundCloud. I mm-hmm. listen to Spotify. Bye-bye. I listen to uh, uh, Apple Music. I listen to a ton of radio. I love radio. I listen to a lot of, I, I, I but, you know, quite frankly, um, uh, I, I, a hype machine is a big one. Um, you know, I just have a hard. I'm, believe it or not, I gotta wake up in the morning. I'm sorry, I gotta wake up. Sorry about that. I gotta wake up in the morning. This is, this is gonna sound a little weird, but I'm gonna say it. I wake up in the morning and I have to remember I'm the best music person I know. I'm mm-hmm. even better than my boss, Big John. You know, and let me mm-hmm. tell you, Big John's pretty damn good. And Big John would would want me to say that. John Platt, mm-hmm. my chairman of my company, would want me to be saying like. So, to be honest with you. Um, I don't like reading blogs a lot because okay. I don't really, I don't think there's a better blog out there than me. Um, okay. So mm-hmm. I don't read a ton when it comes to music research. Um, Taxi is absolutely something I've clicked on. I'm sure I've clicked on it 10 times this month. Um, but I also uh, really value, uh, you know, kind of uh, word of mouth. I, I mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I ride the subway. I'm in, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I ride the subway to work every day. And you know what? I see buskers mm-hmm. and you can, you can ask anybody that knows me. I drag buskers into my office all day long. <laughs> uh, my, my, I do. It's true. Um, uh, I discovered in my opinion, some of the most amazing musicians in the world is busking. Uh, uh, um, uh, I, I believe, uh, really heart and tr- I, I, I have, I talk to a, you know, I talk to a lot of kids, man. I talk to a lot of young people. I do. And uh, I'm around it. That's my business. I need to know what you're listening to. You know, that's mm-hmm. why, you know, people say, I always say it. You got to give it away to keep it. That's why if, if a university says, hey, will you come speak? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. generally speaking, I'm going to talk probably by the time, you know, my William Patterson um, you, uh, uh, experience is done, I'll probably have three or four emails of three or four people that I spoke with and they're going to send me some demos and then they're going to be like, Hey, I don't, you know, you should hear this song or there's a guy at our school. He's in my dorm. I don't know if you've heard of him, but Mm -hmm. you know, you know, Topaz Jones, for instance, is, 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 uh, is in my neighbor. He manages him. He's a young guy, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, his name is Maui. He's amazing. And Topaz, he's been telling me about Topaz for since, you know, he's a freshman at NYU, you know, and, and uh, Topaz is blowing up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I listen, I listen, mm-hmm. I listen, you know, if someone wants to email me something, I may not get back to you right away, but I'm listening. It sounds like you like discover music the same way everyone else does. It's not necessarily re- <laughs> researching it, but um, also yeah. um, Hannah Blackstone 
She asked, in, in your eyes, what makes an ideal candidate for a new A&R rep? For an A&R rep? Yes. Oof. Uh, well, you know, um, a couple things that were said to me. One, one <laughs> I, I mentioned her before, and I'll mention her again. Um, Janice Brock, who is Mr. Bandier's uh, executive PA. She's now uh, a really amazing executive um, in her own right. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, in our executive, I remember she grabbed me sort of, I, I say by the collar. I don't think that was exactly true, but <laughs> she had a very, I was walking, I was getting some coffee at the coffee bar in the office and she, you know, felt responsible because she was the one who sort of ultimately got me hired there. And I remember she looked at me and she said, this is, and she's English, men, men remember. And she mm-hmm. said, and I won't try to do an English accent because I'll embarrass <laughs> myself on radio and I don't want to do that. But she said to me, this is not a job for wafflers. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you are, um, and I don't believe anybody under the age of 25 years old is particularly, you know, has a ton of uh, self-esteem necessarily and confidence and all that stuff. That's an acquired, I believe, um, and I think I can say that fairly uh, uh, accurately. I think confidence is something you sort of acquire with, with a little bit of life experience. Um, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so, you know, but, but you know, when you do get an A&R job, um, you really got to have the confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to stand by what it is that you're looking a very high-powered executive in the eye and saying this is the next big thing. And, uh, and uh, you have to earn the trust of these people that you're working for. And, you know, that doesn't come every day. And, I, you know, the way I earned my trust with, for instance, John is, you know, I just, I just stuck around. You know, I, I did what he asked me to do. Um, I bombard him with information about stuff that I'm doing, stuff that I am into, that, you know. And, and uh, you know, it, it's funny, you know, you, you write a lot of emails. You know, you, you, you do a lot of weird analytics um, and you just get very, uh, you know, you have to just really, you know, I, I, I never did particularly well in school. Um, but it turns out, you know, over the years I've learned how to, 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 to write a pretty convincing letter. But, you know, you just got to really trust your gut, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a music guy, you know. I, I don't think, you know, I, I'd be honest, this is... Uh, a little reveal from me, but I don't trust people that don't, that don't, that, that don't need music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just don't trust them. And I mm-hmm. see, you know, I, and I can sniff a person who's like, Oh yeah, I'm a casual dude. Like I'd rather play a video game maybe, or I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can sniff those guys a mile away. And, um, and we, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I think there's some real record. I, I can tell you right now, there's some there's some serious music heads uh, on the other end of this phone line with you guys. I, I, I can assure you of that because uh, uh, I know those cats and uh, and uh, anybody who's doing a radio show, a student right now at whatever time it is, um, uh, that that's a very convincing argument to me that you're really pretty passionate about this too. So you know you trust mm-hmm. your gut, mm-hmm. you go in hard, you, you know you mm-hmm. do your homework, <laughs> you learn, you do your homework. And uh, you learn how to sell it. We have time. That's good. And you're selling us very well. We have time for one more tweet because we have about three minutes left in the show. 
Okay, all right. And um, Ariana Gates asked, how much art artistic direction do you present to your songwriters, if any? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and that was Jake Ottman. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great question she, that we lost. Did we lose him? I think we lost him. She yeah. stumped. Yeah. She's stumped. That's what that's what people do to you, Fatima. I, I'm sorry. If you ask the no, question. Ariana. It happens them. all the yeah. time. Fatima, <laughs> yeah, read the question. It was too hard to answer, and then he just had to to hang up. Uh, well, we, let's see if he calls back uh, before we have to hang He's up. Still talking. Yeah, he, he probably isn't. Doesn't realize it. So. <laughs> Um, he'll probably apologize later. So we should do a, a couple quick things because we do only have a couple minutes late uh, left. Um, we should thank, just in case he does call back, let's in advance thank Nate the Hawk for producing and making this yes. happen tonight. Thank you, Nate the Hawk. Yes. He is calling back. Let's thank Fatima in advance. Thank you, Fatima. Yes. I need to uh, say happy birthday to my wife. Tomorrow is Julianne Foote's birthday. Right. Happy Great. birthday to we her tomorrow. We could sing the real song now, couldn't we? We could. Uh, and Warner, with the guy at Winter Chapel right on the other We could line. ask him That's if we're funny. allowed to sing it. Hey, uh, hey Jake, <laughs> yeah, are, you there? are you there again, Jake? Oh. I'm back. Sorry, fellas. So, no, that was pretty rude of you to just hang up on yeah. us. You know, we ask a question that you can't answer and you so, hang up. So, uh, Jake, uh, it's Dave's wife's birthday tomorrow. Are we allowed now to sing the real happy birthday on the air without getting your permission? <laughs> are you going to get mad at us? I th that uh, that went through, I believe, right? Or is it being appealed? Oh, you guys are too funny. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, we we uh, we we no longer are own we relinquish the helm. melody yeah. of that. By the way, not a hundred percent. The uh, we we own the lyric and melody to that, and uh, right. we did uh, recently lose that. But I believe we are uh, taking we are appealing that. That thing, but as of right now, yes, you yes. can do it. It is an appealing song, so <laughs> right. I, I don't blame you. And um, fi final thing, because you you can still happy answer. Happy birthday, Julianne. Yeah, happy birthday, my Julianne. Also, um, I ran into a guy. Twenty-one. What? She's twenty-five. Okay. She's, she's over the hill. <laughs> and um, I just want to quick shout out to somebody who, uh, who I bumped into in Guitar Center the other day. His name is Barry. He hosts a show here on the weekends oh. uh, called The Naked Brunch. And Barry said he listens to our show. Great. And he uh, loved our interview with John Cher. I told you we had a listener. See, we have a listener. Yes. So, um, real quick, we have, uh, you know, you have about, let's say, 90 seconds. We're going to have Fatima read the question to you one more time, Jake, and okay. then we can give it a go. How much artistic direction do you present to your songwriters, if any? Thanks, Fatima. Um, yeah, listen, I, I again, digital music era, I don't like to... I, I'm a trafficker in music, okay? In other words, I have mm -hmm. 20 years of, of, of contacts, of people I know. Rather than, you know, say, that's bad, this is good. I Honestly, I, I don't believe I'm the... I believe one man's treasure is another man's trash and vice versa. So what I try to do is you write me a song as one of my songwriters, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out to A&R people. I'm going to put it out to bands and managers, and and uh, and I'm going to keep the you know I'm going to keep the flow going. I mean, listen, there's some real turkeys. Some people have turned in some really bad songs, and I'll be like, you know, <laughs> less apt. I'll be less apt to send that song. Mm -hmm. But I remember working with a girl named, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lana Del Rey. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a true story. Lana Del Rey didn't even have a song recorded, and she was not particularly musical or anything but there was something about her and i thought she was amazing so i i ended up introducing her to a guy named dan Omilio, uh, um who is goes by robopop and they wrote video game or they 
he produced video games for her, which turned into a overnight colossal success. So mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like me being the judge, the jury, and the hangman um, is, is my... That's not just not how I roll. I, I traffic in music. So does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Le- the legal trafficking is in music. Yeah. That's the way yeah. to make it happen. <laughs> so it's 8.59. That's all I traffic in. But that's all you do. That's, that, we would never accuse you of trafficking anything else besides the music. The musica, la musica, those tunes. But I like to keep it. I like to keep it bad. Keep that music bad. Come on. That's cool. That's we're with, we're with you, Jaco. We got. We got. We have to stop. We're getting trouble right. if we go over. We we will be in contact with you. I have a couple other questions that I have to ask you offline, and then we have to have you come to our school because you brought it up five times. We have to yes. uh, have you come here. So we will extend that yeah. invitation officially here, and then we'll work something out. Matt Young was here on Tuesday. Yeah. In my class, actually. Matt Young's amazing. He's yeah. amazing, amazing. I love great. it. Yes. You guys are great. And, Tima, thank you. Thank and you so thank much. you for, um, you know, allowing me to be on your show. It's it's wonderful. And uh, I salute you guys. Like I said, I know music heads when I hear it, when I see it, when I meet you guys. I already met you. And, you know, let's uh, let's let's keep the music going, man. Definitely. Great. Definitely. Thank you again. Jake Gottman. Yes. Yes. Jake and the man. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take, Take care, care, Jake. Thanks. Thanks. And then we want to thank Steve Richard for sitting in, Richards for sitting in. We want yes. to thank uh, Fatima, Nate the Hawk. Uh, we want to thank Dr. And, Esteban Marconi. And my co-host. Yes, who is I, your professor, David, David Kirk, Kirk Philp. That is I. Better known as. David Kirk Phil, yes. El Professor. And we want to thank you all for being here tonight. And, of course, at the end of every show, it would be silly of us to say hello. That would just be redundantly dumb. Instead, at the end of every show, as the tunes of Rob Fusari play in the background, we will say, Adios! Adios! Adios. Whatever come away, you know I'm yours and